Welcome back to season two, episode two of Kicking Grass. I am your host, Dave, the original Lobo Verde. And here with me for season two, as always, Mr. Harry Austin. How are you doing, Harry? Doing well here. Uh, exciting times up in uh, Austin. Uh, it was a little cold and wet uh, for my, my trip up to, up to the capital, but uh, I'm sure you're very happy. Well, we'll get to that in a little bit, but sure, it's easier to handle the cold and the rain and the wet when uh, you're watching five goals go in. But if you're watching a 0-0 tie or a 1-0 loss, then that wouldn't have been nearly as fun. Uh, But we'll get to that in a little bit. I want to start out with some USL discussion, though, and get your thoughts on what's going on in San Antonio and around USL this season. So USL kicks off next week, actually, on the 12th uh, for that here. Uh, preseason-wise, it's been kind of a mixed bag. You have, uh, you know, mainly speaking about Copa Tejas, where El Paso is playing everybody. Uh, they even made a trip up to New England when uh, their uh, CONCACAF qualifiers were canceled and, you know, played a friendly up to there. Uh, came back and played uh, Minnesota, or not Minnesota, New Mexico United and uh, – uh, good friend of the pod, I guess you could say, Yuma. Uh, not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, was up to his old tricks with a, to me, a borderline dangerous slide uh, that uh, caused uh, uh, some some feelings to get hurt. You know, I think even in a regular season match, uh, some feelings would have got hurt, but definitely in, in a preseason friendly. Yeah, to me, there was nothing borderline about that one. That was a pretty bad, <laughs> dirty, nasty tackle. <laughs> trying to trying to be nice, it is, you know. Yeah, like, I'm not going to be nice. That was that was that was dirty. <sighs> it was it, it it was on the line, you know, where uh, I, I've I've gone into it with Sirius Loco on, on Yuma, and for a preseason friendly, you know, it, it it was on that line and probably jumping over it. Um, but El Paso, like I said here, they're adjusting to a new coach, uh, John Hutchinson, who comes in. Um, I think they're going to play a lot like San Antonio does, is, is my understanding. You know, where they're going to be, a, you know, high pressing, you know, more of attacking team, um, which I'll find interesting. Um, you know, because with uh, Lowry, Coach Lowry, uh, they were a little bit more defensive. They didn't have any wingers, and with Hutchinson, they're going they're bringing in wingers, which. You know, they do play in a baseball field. So uh, I know San Antonio struggles on baseball fields just because they like to play out wide uh, with the wingers. Mm-hmm. And obviously on a, on a narrower baseball pitch, uh, you don't quite have as much room. Uh, so it'll be kind of interesting to see how that is. I know uh, El Paso has had mixed results, uh, um, you know, this preseason, you know, like, like all of us. Um, you know, they, they actually play San Antonio this week. Um, closed door, can't see it. So, you know, you know, if nobody can see it, did it happen? Um, RGV, uh, they're going to be a mystery team. Um, quite a bit of roster turnover with, with their best players. Um, they've been very late on getting players signed. Um, and they're also tending to bring in, um, a good core of veterans. Um, but also going, you know, some of the, uh, top talent from USL League One has also been signed. So 
it's hard to get a read on RGV right now, um, just for the fact if you look at their social media streams, yeah, I don't even know if they're, you know, you wouldn't know they were in camp. You know, they wouldn't know if they played any <laughs> friendlies or anything along those lines. Nothing's been announced and the season kicks off next week. So RGV is going to be a mystery. Um, I don't think they're going to be as good this year. Um, but, you know, Coach Wilmer uh, might have other thoughts here. For SAFC, I guess it's kind of a, a mixture where they kept the core in, uh, like, you know, offensively, you know, a lot of their strikers are there. Uh, Abu, uh, PC's back. Um, you know, of course, they lost uh, Jose Gallegos over to, you know, to a super, uh, to a team over in Denmark in the super, super Danish league. I forget the exact what it's called. And he's played uh, two or three games coming off the bench uh, for them that uh, we've been, you know, I've been following. Uh, for that here. Uh, I think for San Antonio, the biggest thing here is I don't think Matt Cardoni is going to be starting. I could be wrong on that, but uh, through preseason, um, uh, Bonilla, Christian Bonilla, who came in from Colombia, has been mm -hmm. the starter most matches. Jordan Farr, who also signed, uh, you know, was the playoff, you know, emergency goalkeeper last year. Uh, signed and I think surprisingly Matt Cardoni signed. So they have three quality uh, goalkeepers um, on the on the roster. Um, I think the biggest, you know, you know, for for San Antonio FC is going to be the back line. Um, right now, the only one that's back is Tainter. Uh, Maloney's, you know, on, on the wings is back, but everybody else is, is somewhat brand new. So um, preseason results, you know, they got rolled by Dallas, which wasn't exactly shocking because I think San Antonio was in camp maybe five, seven days as far as through there because it was right after the, the big freeze um, early in February. And then they went up to Dallas where Dallas has already been in camp for a couple of weeks. So uh, they just got ran off the pitch. Uh, they did come back and beat uh, Houston Dynamo 2-1. to one. Uh, Gave up a late goal with, with Academy Kids on. Um, and then last week they lost, uh, you know, in front of fans, uh, you know, the, the opening 1-0 to Tulsa. In a pretty competitive game, I know it was about 60 minutes for the starters. Um, from my understanding, it was a decent game. You know, San Antonio still struggled uh, to score. You know, which you know, you know, as as we've seen, you know, both with Dallas, um, and even I think Austin struggled to score in preseason, right? If memory serves me right, uh, they weren't exactly lighting it up. Uh, well, they year. lit it up against Houston, but that is what uh, that is. <laughs> So, but, and we'll get to Houston here in a minute, but yeah, it's, they, they had that one game, but you know, they weren't poor by any means, uh, but for that here. So to me, like I said here, I think for Copa Teos, I think El Paso is going to be down at least initially, just because there's a new coach. Um, RGV, I don't think it's going to be as good just roster wise. It's, it's hard to get a read on the roster, um, just because it's been so late. You haven't heard anything about camps. There's really nothing to go by. Um, and SAFC, I think will still be the best, but you got, you know, if you're, if you're implementing a new back line, you know, how is that, how's that going to go? Um, I think for the West, um, there, you know, there's only one MLS two team and that's Los Dos, uh, in there. So, you know, there, there's no more of the easy teams. I guess you still got Las Vegas, uh, which is a hybrid LAFC team. So they're probably going to be poor. No bold, um, unfortunately, uh, this year here. 
so I think I think for the West it's probably a little bit tougher, uh, just because you know for San Antonio, um, they're they're you know playing home and away against you know Phoenix, Sacramento, um, Oakland Roots, uh, which have been a solid team. Um, I'm trying to think of the other uh, New Mexico, you know El Paso. So there's going to be some quality teams that that teams will have to play. Um, primer for me, you know, looking out west, I, I think the top top team is going to be Sacramento, Phoenix. Um, I'll toss San Diego in there, and of course you got the defending champions Orange County uh, in there. So you know, you know, it's a single table as far as for the west, you know, in like the you know the Mountain and Pacific division. So you know, won't won't be as scattered. Over on the east, you know, you still got Tampa, you still got Louisville City. Um, I think Birmingham Legion's going to be solid. Um, so this, you know, we're going to find out very quickly, you know, how good the Texas uh, Copa Teos teams are. Uh, but uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it feels like a year where um, the Texas teams are a little bit down as opposed to last year. They're not as strong a competition this year or is that uh over reading the situation i think i think with el paso it's kind of i think i think it's a little bit unknown i think perception going in san antonio i think san antonio in and this is how it's always been has been consistently talked um very uh, very high i think el paso historically is still you know feeling is still um still getting good reviews, but they lost a lot of talent. Plus they lost, in my opinion, one of the top coaches in the league and um, in USL coaches matter, um, you know, yeah. you know, for that here. And, and it, I don't know if you quite see that same impact in MLS. Um, that, I, think I think you do, in, but that's, that's a different discussion. But I think in the lower leagues, you know, USL championship, I think have, having a great coach like, you know, like coach Lowry was, is in one, one that can adjust, tactics and stuff, you know, because, you know, we've seen it here in San Antonio, you know, with Coach Powell, that great recruiter, great with the kids, but in game uh, kind of struggled. And, and I think, you know, you kind of hear some whispers about Coach Marcina um, as well as, you know, maybe not the uh, easiest uh, easiest uh, coach to play with. Um, you know, it gets results. And, and, that, and I think that's, you know, the, you know, that's that's the benefit of Coach Marcina is, um, you know, if, if you're on his side, you know, you're, you're playing and, and it's a tough playing, but it is a tough system to pick up, um, you know, you know, for that here, just on how they play. So, uh, to, you know, to me, I, like I said here, it wouldn't shock me if all three of the teams struggled a little bit, but, you know, in, in the West, I don't know how, how much you can struck, you know, how much you can struggle, um, you know, for that, because only top seven make the playoffs. Uh, for that here, out of everybody in the, uh, I think there's about 14 teams in each right now. Uh, for that here, so or 13 in the West, 14 in the East. Uh, for that here, so. So moving on to MLS. Well, wait, wait, wait! I got to get your Copa Tecas oh. prediction to start with. Okay, already. And okay. then, and then I have one more follow-up question about SAFC. Okay. So Copa Tejas, who are you going with? Uh, well, I'm a San Antonio fan, so I, I'm probably. To me, if looking at it here, if San Antonio is gonna win, it's it's probably this year because I just don't think RGV is gonna be as, as good. Then it comes down to San Antonio and El Paso. 
I, I, I just think San Antonio's back line and offensive, you know, you know, they're, they're not changing things. And, you know, they did very well against El Paso last year, um, you know, tor- towards the end of the year where I think they kind of figured things out. Um, plus, I just don't think the talent is still there, especially on the back line for El Paso. Um, so I'd probably go uh, San Antonio one, uh, El Paso two, um, and those two will be kind of neck and neck. And I, I, I think RGV's going to struggle this year. There's, I just, you know, I, I, I at this time, I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. But I think we can both agree. I would agree with that assessment, and we can both <laughs> agree that bringing up the rear will be FC Fort Worth, right? They'll be dead last in Copa Tejas this year. So, Well, they're not playing, so no. <laughs> there you go. They'll have zero points at the end of the year. RGD uh, may have zero points as well and playing. So, Yeah, they could have a negative goal differential too, so maybe. Um, so maybe Fort Worth sneaks into that third spot. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. Uh, well, Fort, but I wanted Fort to ask Worth. you also about, uh, you know, our Austin fans are kind of interested in hearing about uh, our man, Kakuta Mane. How's, how's it looking so far for Kakuta, and how's uh, the buzz around him? Does it feel like he's going to have a good year with SAFC this year, or is something um, going sideways that we need to know about? It's hard to get a buzz when, like, I wasn't able to attend, you know, the uh, Tulsa match because I was up in Austin with AJ. Uh, playing a Lone Star team in, in a game that shouldn't have been played, but that's a di- different discussion. Yeah, I heard um, about that. <laughs> <laughs> I heard about that from some Lone Star parents as well. So, Well, pre-match, I was walking by because I was one of the first you know people from San Antonio there. So, you know, AJ was out and I was walking on the pitch and I was like, Ooh. And, you know, when, when the coaches and, and other players are, you know, I went, you know, went back to the truck to pick up the wife. And I was talking to the to the Austin coach, kind of joking. I was like, "You couldn't made it a little bit warmer for us, <laughs> you know?" Just he's like, "Yeah, we shouldn't be." And he's like, "Yeah, no." And he's like, "I don't even think we should be playing this game." And it, it was it, it was just you know, it, you guys saw it, you know when when Austin FC played, but you know obviously that's playing on a professional field and turf and you know right. all of those lines compared to. Um, you know, and it wasn't a bad pitch, but you know, they tore, they almost called the game at halftime, you know, just because they were the wear and tear on, on, on the pitch, you know, uh, before that here, but kids exactly. had fun. That's the most important thing. And, and like I said here, you know, the game ended when, when a, you know, one of the Lone Star players, uh, went to kick the ball and slipped and, and probably tweaked something. I don't think he was seriously hurt, but at that point they called it and, you know, it was towards the end of the game and, you know, Lone Star was up by a couple of goals. So, you know, Odds are they were going to win anyways, but yeah, it's, it took somebody, you know, sliding and, and possibly, you know, getting hurt, unfortunately for, for them to call it, you know, on there, but it was, you know, that's called, that's, that's Academy football, club football there for you where um, you got to get the games in. So, um, but no, it's for San Antonio FC, it's, it's been hard to get a buzz on the team. Um, it just, you know, being Spurs, you know, Spurs Sports Entertainment, they don't give out a lot of information. Um, from what we've read, he's, he's performed well, but, and, and that's why, you know, when it comes to, to USL, it, it's, it's hard, pre, you know, it's hard to make predictions because 
you know, it, it's, you know, I remember what, three or four years ago, MLS games were all, you know, on YouTube and, and stuff like that, or, you know, Facebook, you could watch them. USL, MLS doesn't really show games anymore now. It's all tight-lipped. USL's even right. worse. And it's just, you know, it's, it, to me, it's hard to get excited when, you know, yeah, you signed a player and, you know, you get the introduction, you know, the, the comments, but until, until that first game, really most fans won't have any clue uh, on what's going on and, um, and especially who's starting, who's not starting. I'd have to think that he is going to start, but, you know, like I said here, but, you know, there, there's what three or four or, well, there's two players, uh, from Austin, uh, well, well with Austin ties, I guess I shouldn't say, um, that San Antonio has one of them. I'm pretty confident that's going to start. Um, and that's, um, uh, Fabian Garcia, who played for the Bold uh, last year, I think he's yeah, think he he's, he was an absolute beast with with Austin last year. So I would think I'm shocked he's still in USL. I thought he would have gotten called up somewhere by now, but uh, he's he's a he's a really good player. I'm looking forward to seeing him. So he's one, and then uh, I just don't know as far as forwards, you know how, how they're how they're going to play it because I know we got Patino. To me, forward-wise, I think it's going to be Patino and Collier, um, and then who plays on the other wing there? Uh, with with uh, was it Kakuda? Yeah, Kakuda should be usually a left winger. He plays out wide. He's he's a pretty wide player. So, to me, it depends on what kind of system that they're going to set up here. Because you also got Deshane Beckford who came in from Colorado Springs. You got uh, you know. You know, just I think for San Antonio FC, for you know, for USL, they've got a lot of talent. It's hard to say how it's going to go in. Um, and uh, Atas Diaf uh, is the other uh, former bold player uh, that that came over. So there's three that have Austin connections um, in San Antonio at this point, and possibly one more with uh, what Sissy is has been rumored to be training down here, but has not been signed as of yet. Well, it should be an exciting season. I hope to uh, catch SAFC again, Toyota Stadium this year in person. We will. There's no bold stadium <laughs> this year, so. Uh, but no. Well, so, I think there's a bold stadium. That's not true. Oh, is it still up? <laughs> as far as I know, it's still there. So I uh, haven't heard otherwise. So I think there's still a bold stadium. There's just nobody playing in it. So. Move so any other MLS or permanent MLS USL questions before we transition to MLS? No, let's just get into it. So we'll go over these real quick here. Um, season started out um, with uh, FC Dallas playing first. Um, cold, wet day. Uh, FC Dallas got up uh, on a goal uh, by Chatter O'Brien with assist from Paulo Ariela uh, in the ninth minute. And then right before half, uh, Jonathan Osorio equalized uh, for Toronto. And that was it. It was in front of an announced crowd of 12,233. Um, I won't dig too much on attendance, but... Which means it was I, probably about 6,000. I don't think... 120 And to be honest with you, it was a miserable day. Uh, it was, absolutely. And it, it, it was miserable here, so it had to be much worse in Dallas. 
So, Everything's more miserable in Dallas. <laughs> to be, well, and then you take it to Frisco, and that's a whole different level of miserable when you go to Frisco. So. Yeah, so it's, but, and this is my concern, you know, and we'll we'll also talk about Houston here in a second. Um, attendance wise, did not look pretty, um, and I'll even say throw Austin in there, especially at the start of the game. Now I know you mentioned, you know, you know when when I asked you about it on. You know, my little, you know, hey, kind of keep track of the game chat, you know, you know, between us here. You mentioned that, you know, there were issues getting people in and, you know, first game, first game issues uh, for the here in the stadium did fill out. Um, yeah. I know they announced it as a sellout, but, you know, even during the game there, you know, you could see some birdie, birdie empty uh, seats here. Nothing it was an it out. was an MLS sellout, meaning they sold all the <laughs> tickets, but that doesn't mean everyone was actually in the stadium. So. But uh, we'll get to Austin. But it, it was pretty full. It was a pretty good crowd in Austin. Um, but Dallas, Dallas was not. Yeah. Dallas, uh, and 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 to me, and I'm going to throw Dallas and Houston in this here together. One of your highest games attendance-wise is typically the very first game, correct? You know the excitement of the new season. Dallas was playing Toronto FC, which which is which is a neat which which is a quality team for MLS. It's got history. Um, it's not a rival. Houston was playing Real Salt Lake, which is a little bit different. Um, and that was on a Sunday afternoon. Um, Much better match. weather. Much, Much better, better weather. Which they don't have any reason. And, and their announced attendance <laughs> right. is is a whole lot different. You know, they announced eighteen thousand five sixty one in Houston for a zero zero draw. But when when you when you look at the when you look at these games like it was one one when you look at the you know x goal for the analytics on it you know Dallas you know sh you know you know was predicted 2.2 and Toronto's 1.99 so it was a pretty even game i watched the, the FC Dallas Toronto game there Dallas had opportunities um to, you know to put that game away and they didn't and then in the second half you know, you, you could kind of tell both teams were, were you know, first game and, and just didn't have it here. Um, I thought, to me, I thought Dallas ha did enough to pull out to win, but unfortunately, you know, in my opinion, gave away some points. Houston, on the other hand, you know, was a was a zero zero thriller. Um, when you look at the XG, 0.44 for Houston and 0.42 for you know, Real Salt Lake. <laughs> That offensive firepower. <laughs> but I will give Houston this. Um, I think last year, they would have lost this game. I, I, I think they, they would have found a way to give this, found a way to give this, this, this game away. And the crazy thing about Houston is they had 62% on possession. And that's where I, it kind of comes into where, if you have possession, but if you don't have any direction or if you don't have, you know, a possession with purpose, you know, you're better off sitting back and maybe trying to counter. But, right, uh, to, you know, to, to me, like I said here, it was a hard game to watch. Um, I, I hear you, but I'm going to disagree a little bit because my um, perception of Houston last year was this was fairly standard for Houston toward the beginning of the season where – they would be getting draws right and left without that ability to score and get a win. So they were getting one point instead of three. And it was later in the season where they just started giving away everything. So I thought they started out drawing quite a bit last year. 
Um, maybe I'm misremembering, but I thought that was kind of standard for them toward the beginning of the season was they were a little bit better at the beginning and then they fell apart uh, in the middle of the season. Um, right. So to say- me, it was kind of more of the same. It was boring, pointless. Pointless is the best word I can say. Houston yeah, is was, pointless. There was no purpose to it. Right. And that goes for both teams. Uh, it was, you know, it was just it, they were out there running around, chasing the ball and passing the ball back and forth. And it, you know, it was a nice, you know, hey, we're just going to kick it around Sunday afternoon. And you know, is there? I will give Houston a little bit of credit because they did make some changes right at half, at half, um, which I don't think they did last year a whole lot. So, um, but. When you're saying, "Hey, that's the positive of the game," you know it's not. You, you know it's not. It's 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 not a game. You know, it's just it, it was. It just it was it was not a good game. It just there's there's no way to sugarcoat it for you know. Um, if I, you're a dy- I can. I can echo that. That was a really really painful game to have to try to watch. Now I didn't see the Dallas game, so I can't really comment that much on the Dallas effort but houston looked um i don't know like why is there a houston dynamo at that point um they looked pointless uh, i have no other way to say it i just don't with houston it's gonna take some time um and, and like i said i did my little rankings here um, and I know it's early, um, but I think after week one, I would probably ar- already flip Austin and and Houston <laughs> uh, just just to, in fire it here. Just that he, took one whole weekend, huh? <laughs> and, and you know, and I'll come out with you know, uh, you know, I, I do I do my own little MLS power rankings, and I may introduce USL this week or probably closer to next week when it starts here, but. Yeah, as when it when it comes to a team that that looked good, and I know they're playing Cincinnati, which you know it, you know it's, well, it, it's yeah. Cincinnati. Let me get into that because I want to do a little um, recap. I was at the match at Q two, of course, in mm-hmm. my um, season ticket section, Seats. and I um, I have some opinions on that. You know, I'm an Austin FC fan. I root for the team. I follow the team pretty closely. It was a miserable day. It absolutely was a miserable day. However, a 5-0 victory is a little (laughs) bit better when you have to sit out in those conditions. And the mess was getting to the stadium, and then there was a mess getting in the stadium. Austin traffic is just abysmal normally. Austin drivers are a hundred times worse when there's wet on the road. And so there were wrecks everywhere. You couldn't get to the stadium. Took me an hour and 15 minutes to even get to the stadium. Then it took forever to try to get in the stadium. I mean, it was just hard to get in. Why Uh, is that? You think it's just first game or? I, I couldn't give you an explanation. I believe what was happening the best I could tell is that the lines at the security lines when you go in the stadium were moving so incredibly slowly because it was such horrible weather and it was cold and it was raining and people had layer upon layer upon layer upon layer upon layer that by the time they would get up to go through security, 
it, they just had all these layers of stuff to go through before they could let the people go through. So the lines were moving much slower than they normally are. And I just think it's, you know, Austin, we're not used to layers. Nobody thinks about that, but I had multiple layers on. I had, you know, a jacket and a jersey and a couple of layers of things. And then I had a over coat with a rain coat on that. I mean, I had a lot of stuff. I mean, they, they move pretty well. They also made a change by the way, where last year you only had to put your cell phone through. Mm-hmm. And this year it was the first game you had to empty keys as well. So people had gone in expecting one thing and it just, it just took long. Again, I think it's I first game. I will say that shocked me when, when I intended the game with you last year is, yeah. Hey, all you need is just your cell phone. Because if you go to an SAFC game, you got to empty everything out of your pockets. Right. And so I think there were changes like that, that everything combined just snowballed into being kind of a little bit difficult to get into the stadium. But once you got in, uh, I got to the seats before the kick, but like three seconds before the kick. So I was not in my seat for the heartbeat, which is always, I want to be there by the time the heartbeat starts. I was not. Um, and I could say that, yes, it was not a hundred percent full by the time it kicked off. There was still a lot of people behind us when we got through, but I think it was relatively full. I would say 85, 90% by about the 10 minute mark. That would be yeah, my it guess. It filled out nice. Uh, when I, yeah. when I put the, when I put the, um, comment on you know our little chat that was right at kickoff and right you're looking at kickoff you know what stuck out to me is normally where the supporters are it's all filled in um and right. there was huge gaps in, in the upper corners um, exactly of the of their you know you know people that sit in the middle in the fancy seats you know hey it's you know I, right i will I, say the i know they're seat. a late arriving crowd but the supporters group you the supporters section usually fills in by by kickoff except for maybe the very very top but i would say the fancy seats are the ones that i never saw fill in completely they were about (laughs) half and half um where we were um which is not in the supporter section but it's close and it's not in the expensive seats it was there was hardly an empty seat in the Mm -hmm. section around us so i think the stadium was pretty full uh, yeah, the crowd was out nice, yes. Yeah, pretty into it. I will say a lot of people left and didn't see the fifth goal. Um, there was a lot of people trying to get out um, before that 90 minutes. leave whistle. at halftime, personally, because like the game was over by halftime. It, 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 well, it, see, you say that, but there was a lot of nerves in the stadium when we were there? up 3-0 at halftime and the second half kicked off. So let's, let's get into the actual g- gameplay because I thought – Austin FC had a great first half, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, it's Cincinnati. I don't want to go overboard with how good Austin FC looked because we played Cincinnati. Cincinnati, we didn't get into this last week completely. I would have picked Cincinnati for Wooden Spoon. So I do believe Cincinnati's the absolute worst team in the league. And that I includes Charlotte. But yeah, well, I, I was I think... gonna say that includes Charlotte, but we'll see. They're gonna be neck and neck to me. <laughs> I, I think Cincinnati is going to be better now they got and and I think when when you look at the kind of the the, the X you know XG factor mm-hmm. the game the game on the pitch was closer than than what the scoreboard said and that's why I'm not a big analytics guy because 
Right. Yeah. When you watch the game, you could see that Austin FC was was the better team overall. But for instance, on the first goal, you know, minute forty five, somewhere around there, here, you know, right. that uh, you know, Cecilio scored. It, it how 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 he got the ball, I don't think you know you couldn't you couldn't have, you couldn't have scripted it. It is you know the you know the the Cincinnati defender whiffed on 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 clearing the ball, and then it it crosses you know crosses to you know to Cecilio coming on the backside. And right. It, it, it was an open goal tap in, and and like I said here, it's it was. But just, that's you, that's bad play by Cincinnati, and that's kind yeah, of my point the, is they're just not a very good team, right? Well, it's they, unlucky. They do stuff like that. It's uh, it's unlucky because I think ninety nine out of a hundred that defender at least maybe not clears it, but gets a piece of the ball where he whiffs on the ball and it goes right over his foot, and then and then it just bounces you know perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's going to happen. You know, throughout throughout the season. Um, yeah, and it usually usually evens out. I'm not sure it evens out for Cincinnati, but it usually yeah. evens out over the course of the season. Because uh, if but you I look thought... at the game flow, the XG, yes. Austin was at 2.17, and Cincinnati was at 2.18. So if you're looking at the XG and and, and goals on goals on attempts, mm-hmm. even though it was a blowout. And and that's why I'm not a big I'm not a big analytics guy, but you know to me to me hey is it was it a blowout that I saw, or you know was there some hidden numbers in there to where as an Austin FC fan that hey yes we we got the we we got the business took care of, but was there some things that maybe you know maybe we got benefit of because of you know we were playing Austin or me, playing Cincinnati. That's why I'm an Austin FC fan, but I also want to be realistic. It was Cincinnati. And while I felt like we played much better than Cincinnati the first half, um, was it enough to say we deserve to be 3-0? Probably not. It was probably closer than that. Here's one of the stats that just absolutely blows my mind, and it's why I say I don't want to go overboard. It was Cincinnati. We had five goals. We had five shots on goal. So that's so not going to happen <laughs> against any other team in the league ever for the rest of the season where you get 100% shots on goal to goal ratio, right? That's just not going to happen. Now, one of that, that's a little bit misleading because of the fifth goal, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the problem was I thought we came out the second half, the start of the second half, Myself and everybody around me was actually kind of nervous because we all remember San Jose last year where they came out and four to three took it after that. Right. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh, please don't let us look like we looked last year and come out of halftime and look absolutely miserable. I thought the first 10 minutes or so of the second half, Cincinnati had much more dangerous opportunities. Austin FC looked flat. That was a problem consistently last season throughout the season was coming out the beginning of the second half and looking bad relative to how you finished up the first half. I thought that was a problem against Cincinnati. The difference is it's Cincinnati. They couldn't score. We got the fourth goal and that completely changed everything. I thought the fourth goal is actually what put it away. And I even had the guy sitting next to me turn to me in the first part of the second half and said, oh, if Cincinnati scores one of these opportunities, we're in trouble. And that was kind of the feeling from the Austin crowd 
in the beginning of the second half of that game, even though we were up 3-0, was please don't let us have another kind of catastrophe like we had several times last season. Um, credit where credit's due, that did not happen. My question going forward is how much of that is because Austin's that much better? How much of that was because Cincinnati's just pathetic and can't do anything? And there's probably a little bit of both to that. It's a mixture of both, yeah. We're, we're going to exactly. find out this week because uh, I think for you know if, if I'm an Austin fan, this, the opening of the season, um, at least the first two matches, are points that you should be winning because you, know, you had it Cincinnati. Right. You're going to follow that up with Inner Miami. Uh, you have to beat Cincinnati at home. There's no if you lose to Cincinnati at but home. But I think you've got to be Inner Miami coming up as well. They didn't. They didn't look good either. Right. They they played a they played it basically a Houston game, but because they're um, you know, they played Chicago Fire to a 0-0 draw at home. Yeah, and how good is Chicago Fire? Uh, not very good. And well. it, it, I know everybody ho- focuses on, on in part of it's because it's Inter-Miami, so, you know, it, it's right. held in a higher light. So right, it's the, worst it's the LA Lakers I, of MLS is what that is. Yeah, I, the... I watched... You know, I watched most of the games. Uh, you know, you know, I you know with, with Apple TV, I can watch the you know four or five you know four games on at one time, so I could watch to see if there was any action going on. That that Inter Miami game was b- basically a replica of the Houston Dynamo Salt Lake game. It, it, it was <laughs> just you know it, it just you know it was there. You were watching, but it wasn't anything that had you excited. Um, right. I think it, people have the perception with Inter Miami that there is talent on the field that at any moment could do something better than they've shown. And people are waiting for that moment where that happens. And so far it hasn't happened. The catch is going to be for Austin not to let it happen this week. Correct. Push it I off had, another week or two. Well, I think, you know, and I know we're kind of getting a little bit ahead here, but they play Inter Miami, then they travel to Portland. I think with all the stuff that's surrounding Portland, and I don't think they're as deep as they are. I think that's a point, a game where you know, for Austin FC, you can you can get a game. Then you come home and play play the Sounders, um, which you know, sorry, but you know that that'll be a game that that you know that uh, if you get a point out of, you're probably walking away happy as, as an Austin FC fan. But um, to me, these next couple of weeks, you could really. You know, and, and I know Austin FC is at the top of the table because of the goal difference. Um, right. You know, if if Austin FC can you know t- handle Inter Miami, and then get you know handle Portland, and I know Portland's kind of the, the bugaboo team you know from last year uh, for that here. To me, like I said here, you know, my me walking away from um, you know the first week, and, and I know some fans were kind of you know complaining about the MLS power rankings. You know, you know that that was done this afternoon, uh, where I think they were 14th, if memory serves me correct. I think going from the bottom of the table to a solid mid-pack team for Austin FC is is a huge step in the right direction, because if they can beat Inter my Inter Miami coming up here, you're, you're gonna you're gonna start to build on that foundation and in. Where maybe right. you know, you know, I, I I didn't think Austin FC was going to be very good this year, and, and you know, it's one game, so you, know, you, you didn't think they would score goals. They scored more more in the first game than they scored <laughs> in half the season last year. So, 
yeah, it's Cincinnati, and and I hate saying that because <laughs> the the Cincinnati soccer talk guys, you know, like I said here, from USL to MLS, you know, have done a great, you know, done outstanding work. But yeah, it's it's yeah, but it's Cincinnati. I mean, I'm right there with you. I don't. I'm happy that we got the win. That that's the one thing I will say. If you're going to play FC Cincinnati at home, beat them five zero. I mean, that's yeah. what. If you're going to show that you're a decent, good team, that's what you have to do. You can't come out and eke out a 1-0 victory. You've got well, to do what you did, right? Cincinnati is the only team where, where their captain came out and apologized for their performance of, of the week. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Is, it's, I, is there it's any doubt there. Cincinnati would be relegated if there existed relegation in the United States? I mean, that's just a bad well, franchise they, they, so they, they say they crushed uh usl and, and they you know they didn't even win a playoff game i know they advanced on on a pk <laughs> but technically speaking that's not winning a playoff yeah. game so it's but now I, good and bad and i want to get a outsider's perspective on this not just mm-hmm. me but i know cecilio had two goals mm-hmm. he also had two wide open net misses Mm-hmm. All of his goals were kind of unmarked by himself in the area shooting on the goal. And he had two out of four. I guess that's fine. I just can't imagine. And I don't want to take anything away. I think Cecilio had a really good game. However, I can't imagine any other team in the league ever leaving him that wide open the entire game and never having anybody marking him. That just seems strange to me. Um, I want to ask your opinion on uh, Kip Keller because I thought Kip Keller looked incredible in his I'm first a, ever start. I, I thought I'm he was a huge amazing Kip Keller that. fan. If, if yeah, I, so I think a, that's a that's a big piece going forward for Austin FC. And I know um, he's kind of caught some grief by some Austin FC fans on online here, but that's his yeah, first but, professional game. I, I don't think those people know what they're talking about. I think he played a, an was outstanding he out of position game a couple of times. Yes. Yeah. But the the dude's a rock, dude. He he's he's gonna be in that. He's not coming out of the starting lineup outside that's, of injury. That's what I see after one game. Again, I don't want to go overboard because it was FC Cincinnati. So but let's see how he does against. Different though he. It's it's that he wasn't he wasn't scared of of and let's be honest Cincinnati and I know you probably wouldn't know this just by on how they played there they have a quality well did he Brenner did Brenner play no he did not it, it's hard when you're in the stadium but I don't remember seeing him no Brenner did not play well it's, <laughs> I was gonna say Brenner's a top notch. Uh, a top-notch forward, but he didn't even play. So, right. Uh, but no, I, I, I think for Keller, I, I thought, I thought, you know, he, he did, you know, he did well. He picked up what a yellow in the thirty-third minute. Right, um, and people got on him a little bit for the yellow. I'm okay with that. It's your first start. That you know, oh well, so what? That the the yellow didn't bother me. So I'll be honest with you. I wasn't paying much of the attention after it was four zero. Um, it was on, but you know, yeah. it, you know, it, you know, it was uh, um, it was on in the background. I was paying attention to other games. 
What did you think of, of Ruben uh, Gabrielson that came in, you know, in the 65th minute uh, for him? Um, I thought he was adequate, but not as good is kind of my perception. I thought there was a, uh, again, it was four zero at that point. So uh, how much of that is just the, the rhythm and the flow of the game? Not There's not the intensity on the Austin side at that stage. Um, but I didn't, I thought he showed some nerves. I thought Valencia showed some nerves when he came in. Um, I thought they looked like people making their first start <laughs> as opposed to Kip Keller, right? And, and they were all making their first MLS start, right? I don't want to take anything away from that, but I did There's a think... difference going from college to MLS, to, to a Exactly, right? yeah, absolutely. And I think Keller was the one that best handled it of all the people starting um, for the first time. And that impressed me because of, like you said, going from college to MLS, that's a much different uh, transition. Uh, but let's give the new players, you know, two or three weeks to get their sea leg, so to speak, and we'll see how he goes. I didn't think he looked bad. I didn't think really anybody on the field looked bad uh, for Austin. I well, just always circle back to how much of that is Austin, how much is Cincinnati. That's how, that's going to be my question from this game until they play Miami. Miami should tell me a lot more than Cincinnati did, to be honest. I don't, I don't think it's going to be much different, but we'll, we'll see. There is one other player that I, I don't have an answer for this. Okay. 85th minute, what, Dejite? Uh, Musa yes. comes Musa on? Musa Dejite, yes. That was going to be my question for you. <laughs> How is he not seeing... Why can't Can you answer your own question? Because I can't answer your question. So <laughs> here's the thing. Like I said, I love, 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 love Maxi, right? Uruti. He's got a high motor. As a player. And I thought he did a good job. I don't think that was the best he could possibly play. He didn't have like a breakout, amazing, I'm back type of game. I thought he was good. Um, but he didn't score. He impacted the game, but not much in the attack, I would say. I, I loved his work rate going back and helping defend. and do, But with a lone striker, is that really what you need? Do you need your one and only striker falling back and helping defend. I mean, I guess it's fine, but um, that's not my focal point in that position, right? My focal point is scare the living crap out of the other team that you're going to score every time it comes your way. And I love Maxi because he'll shoot from anywhere at any time, any way he can possibly do it, which is good. Um, but he didn't put him on target really. Um, so GTA comes in in the 85th minute. I am so upset with the stupid, ruling that it was an own goal because that was all him and i understand the technicalities of the rule but that was gta's goal he came in in the 85th minute he played what seven minutes and scored a goal and looked like the most dangerous play the own goal happened in 90 plus three 90 yeah, plus three so eight, so eight minutes, minutes. <laughs> that was the last basically the last gasp of the game but every time he touched it he looked dangerous and that was entirely him i mean i don't know if you've watched the lead up to that goal but um i don't understand how he doesn't start and maybe he will maybe he'll start against miami let's see what happens with gta i, I don't mind i don't think he does though right i don't mind flip-flopping those two but this is what i was telling you last week is wolf has got 
gotten fixated on Jitay not being a 90-minute forward, not being a starter. I don't understand why because I can't see why he isn't starting. Every time he plays, he looks like he should be. And he's a designated player. He's got experience in France. He comes over. He's been acclimated to the system. I know Maxi knows MLS. And it just seems like if you're going to do who are the best 11 players on Austin FC, Jite is one of them. So you've got to figure out a way to get him on the field. That's kind of my perception of it. Maybe Maxi is one too. In which case, you got a formation issue, right? But I can't see one's leaving him on the bench for 85 22. minutes. Well, <laughs> one's 31 and one's 22. Just, so I want you to answer your question. Why isn't Jite starting? I don't know. Uh, to to okay. me, is 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 he a? And I hate saying this, but is he a bust? But when he gets on the pitch, he seems productive. But there's got to yeah. be a reason, practice-wise, fitness-wise, personality-wise, that he can't he can't get more than what ten minutes. All inclination from the club and the other players is that he's an amazing locker room guy, outstanding. Everybody loves him. But there's got to be something that that is right for Coach Wolf for not putting him in because he's a right. 22 last year. Old. The correct last year the excuse was fitness. Well, you've had him now for how long? Nine months. If he's still got a fitness issue, that's kind of on the team. That's isn't on it? him. That's on him. Is he not yeah. putting in the work? Uh, but he's I, 22. He's, he I, should be able I don't, to roll out of the bed and <laughs> as a professional athlete and be able to do 60 minutes. Well, I don't see a fitness issue personally, which is why I I'm, say. I'm not saying I, he's not. I'm just – it, it's, it's one of the mysteries for me, and it's part of the reason why – you know, maybe they're saving him more, you know, you know, more for, you know, for the summer and the minutes, but you know, it's the first game of the year. What, you know, but yeah, well, we'll see. I, I told you it was going to be maxi starting though. I mean, the starting yeah. lineup was exactly what we expected. There was no surprise starter. And that's so we'll see how think, it goes I don't as, as we move forward. Change. I don't. And maxi, unless there's an injury comes up or maxi is just really, really poor. He's going to be playing 70 plus minutes a game so you're that gonna, is the perception yes so you're going to be bringing on musa for 15 20 minutes is that going to be enough time for him to really number one get his development but number two really you know really get the performance that austin fc is paying for when when, when they trade for him well i guess we'll have to find out i mean these are my questions going forward we're still going to have the wolf debate uh, we're going to have a special guest on next week. Uh, you don't know about this, so we'll talk about uh, Austin FC some more and probably the Wolf debate. My f- concern, still after this first game, is it was exactly the same formation, exactly the same decisions, exactly the same second-half sluggishness that we saw last season. They tried I'm... playing out of the back way too much, dicking around in the back with it. It was all the same things that caused problems last year. And I don't see any adaptation. Now, there didn't need to be against Cincinnati. so And that's why I don't think you can hold this game to them. Because they did get that first right. goal, what, 15 right. minutes into into the, the second half. 
And the last 30 minutes was basically pass it around. Let's let's get the clock drained out. Exactly. So that's why I say I don't know what I can take away from that. But what I will say is this, and I will go on record today. If Austin FC does exactly that every single game for the rest of the season with no change and no adaptation, the other teams will eat us alive by the middle of the season. Well, You've I don't even got... think it'll be that. It's once they get them on – once, because San Antonio FC went through this with Coach Powell, yeah. where he got off in 2017 off to a really great start. Towards the end of the year, the team started to catch up. He came out in 2018, same formation, tried same everything, didn't make the in-game adjustments, and he was he was you know he you know San Antonio missed the playoffs. They struggled. So if you if you've got a coach that cannot adapt and make right. changes that's going to be your fear is you know because let's be honest M- mls you know pretty smart league you know you know as, as far as sure. most coaches and um i think even if you talk with cincinnati soccer talk you know you know you know the, the people on there they know the talent isn't there yet this is probably what rebuild three four <laughs> for them unfortunately <laughs> um yeah <laughs> and they've never had anything to uh, say that they've had any success. It just, it's, it's week one It's Cincinnati. I had hope for Cincinnati, you know, th- that they would look a little bit better. I will give a shout out to, to Cincinnati, you know, and, and, you know, the supporters that traveled down because uh, they did look in, looking on, on, on the camera that they did have um a decent amount showing up, especially from that distance. Um, right. You know, especially if you compare it against some other Copa Teos teams there. To me, it seemed very close to what would be coming over from the, you know, three to five hours, uh, uh, you know, for, you know, from, from the visitors. So uh, shout out to, you know, you know, all the supporters from Cincinnati that came down and, you know, uh, Boston Bailey um, or Boston Brazil, pardon me. Like I said, I know he was down there and like I said here, uh, you know, if you're a way fan, you know, if, if you're a way supporter, you know, as much as I hate to say it, Q2 is is something that you got to get on your bucket list. You know, it, it's rivaling with Portland and, and you know, Seattle. Um, and even though Seattle, I think their attendance is down a little bit this year. Um, but, you know, Atlanta United, too, it's, it's, gonna, it's you know, as, as for us in FC, you know, they've built that, uh, the, you know, that you know for q2 to be you know a stadium that you have to go to you know as far as on a bucket list at least once um yeah. if you're an mls fan well i think we're going a little bit long today but um uh i will acknowledge that last episode i didn't do all the production value so um i'm gonna slip in the harry austin theme song before we go no no what's that <laughs> I also want to give you an opportunity to let everybody know exactly what you're drinking here today. So because we are, uh, I consider this an Austin show here. Um, when I was in Austin, uh, we stopped at a convenience store and I got some McConaughey Hayes, uh, for that here. So McConaughey um, Hayes, it's a pretty decent beer. When I go up to Austin, I do try to pick out, you know, some local beers and, um, I like to have, I drink a beer or two on, on a episode. So, 
David, like I said, it was lots of fun. Um, one final question that I have here for you. Any any news uh, for uh, your teams here, Central Texas Hornets or uh, the Lobos? Well, there's nothing I'm really ready to spill here. I will give a couple of um, teasers, shall we say. I know that the schedule is in the works with UWS for the CTX Hornets. And hopefully, I know you were hoping to get the schedule by this week or maybe next. It might take a little bit longer than that, but uh, bureaucracy is what bureaucracy is. And it'll be out pretty soon. I think UWS is releasing schedules. We'll certainly update you as soon as we know that. We'll have tryouts coming probably in the next few weeks. For Lobos, here's what I will say about Lobos. There's going to be some major announcements coming down in the next couple of weeks. And we will certainly keep you informed about that. Um, and that's from the league perspective. So we're talking with all the powers that be, and I can't spill the beans until they are ready to go public. But there is stuff in the works, and we will be announcing very soon. So stay tuned on that. Also, just for you, Harry, this is absolutely just for you. I will show you, not yet for public consumption, we are releasing a Austin community kit for Lobos this season. Oh, nice. And literally just for you, it will be the least plain and least boring Jersey that you have <laughs> ever seen in your lifetime. I promise you that. Oh, I did it. My, my final comment on this, the, the one thing that RGV did win on this year is the kits. Um, they, their, their kits, I think, you know, they are Puma as well year two. Um, their away kit, the white one, is probably the best. I know talking with El Paso fans, they're not happy with their home kit because it got away from their, their light blue that, that traditionally they had. Mm -hmm. And San Antonio's black on black were like, you know. I'm interested to see what that looks like in a game scenario. Well, I've had people that are big San Antonio fans that are like, the referees will not allow this uniform to be on the field because you cannot, you know, when you go to a SA, SAFC fan shop, you know, which is through the soccer factory, when you click on it, the black numbers on the black shirt and the black name, you can, you can't make out the name even on a picture. The number's big enough to where, Hey, yeah, you could probably do it. But if they're, you know, like I said, on the North side of the pitch, you know, right, right on the end line, if they're on the South goal, good good luck trying to figure out which players it is. And if you're trying to call a game, good luck. It just, that was my first thought when I saw the kit was how in the world are they going to allow these numbers? I can't see, you wouldn't be able to see anything. We had our black kits last season that had purple numbers with gold outline that actually looked pretty good in person. But then we soon discovered that from the press box and on the broadcast, they were difficult sometimes for people and to make out. And that's not even so. talking about the Toyota sponsorship. Right. You know, <laughs> let, let's not even, to me, for San Antonio FC, if they would have just done a, a silver outline of Toyota and on the numbers, you still got your silver and black. It's still 99%, you know, black on black, which is what they're going for. But it's it just, like, like I said, here, it'll be interesting come week one. Well, that's why I was wondering if they weren't doing something special with that, like a, I don't want to say glow in the dark, the but a reflective or some kind of weird 
something in it when you play live i that's that's kind of my and, that, and that's the question is is we haven't been able to see it under the lights and like, right like the badge i, I don't mind because you can tell that's reflective but the, but uh, it just it, it to, to me to go from the checkered kit that they had as a home kit to the black on black yeah. and if you want to talk about a split fan base that has split the fan base on whether you know <laughs> a lot of people love it and then a lot of people just like no it's 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 not and and to me you know people that i know that have been in the game that you know been around referees along those lines have huge questions on number one how safc right. safc proved it but two more important from my understanding and, and, and you know you're an owner maybe you you know you know you might be able to clarify this but any uniform, especially in a franchise system, the league has to sign off on it. So yes, USL would have had to sign off and say, hey, yes, this is okay. This isn't, you know, this isn't a mirror image of, you know, you know, Team X. But, you know, it's... Well, and usually with the numbering, it's the referees. The referee association or whatever the referee says is going to go. So that's where I don't know how they got this through the referee association because i i'm with you i see that and i go there's no way a ref's gonna allow this just from what i've seen so i i can't imagine they did all of that without getting it pre-approved i don't I'm know just, about the referees i know I, i'm pretty i'm 99 confident would have had to get approved through the league mm -hmm. if the league doesn't have a referee on staff or somebody you know along those lines that can say hey yeah this is going to be an issue because because on that, it's it's pretty obvious. Can you see the number or can you not see the number? Right. And my first impression of it was, um, especially when you looked at the back, I was like, oh, you know, and this isn't, and even in MLS, you have turnover, but in USL, it's, it's, it's two to three times that. So yeah. when, when you're getting new players in, you know, and I'll give, use my son AJ as an example. That first game, we got this. We got the little uh, flyer that they hand out saying, "Hey, player X is this, player X is that." You're right. still trying to match up numbers to names on your own team, let alone worrying about you know, you know, a person on on an opposing team. The first game, because you know, we you know, we don't get to see them a whole lot, and it's just it's it, it'll be interesting. That's all I gotta say. Is uh, yeah, that definitely but, happened with us with Austin. Um, we were trying to figure out Ethan Finley when he came on because we didn't <laughs> recognize the number and the person and trying to figure out, make the connection. And hey, what number is, who, who is number? Yeah, it's just, yeah, exactly. And that's what the, that's the excitement of the first game is, okay, hey, yeah, you got the player signed. You know, you've heard positive or negatives about them in camp along those lines. But when they get on the pitch, it's like, oh, who is that? What number? But, and, exactly. you know, and, and then you get to be able to be surprised. I do know that there was one academy player that stood out uh, for that here. And I know, you know, it's something that I know Austin FC is trying to grow as well. Um, San Antonio hasn't announced their, their academy roster spots, which um, losing Jose and then loaning out Leo Torres. So it'll be kind of interesting to see who is that next uh, San Antonio FC pipeline. And I know Austin FC, uh, you know, it is, has done a really good job with their academy and, and, um, I guess Wolf is probably the right. I think it's Wolf is probably their top prospect at this point. Um, Owen Wolf, he's yeah. the first signee. That's 
for certain. So, um, but you know, like I said, I know San Antonio's had a couple of years on Austin FC. So, um, although please leave our our academy kids alone, go bother everybody else. Don't keep stealing <laughs> ours. But you know, that's a whole separate subject. <laughs> and, and I will say, since you brought up our club and the Lobos, we do have three of our uh, 2012 kids currently called up and training in a um, pre-academy training system with Austin mm-hmm. FC. So I've been taking them up to Pflugerville for the um, training sessions to, to get a tryout with the team. So they're in the program pre-forming the academy, 2012 academy team. So we're very, we're very proud of that and very happy with what they're doing. Yeah, and like I said here, it's, it's you know, um, competition aside between San Antonio and Austin and even RGV and, and El Paso, I think all of us would all agree that, you know, giving these kids the opportunity uh, mm-hmm. to be able to do what Jose does or, you know, what Leo Torres does and go to a, you know, loan, loan to an MLS team here. Um, I'm probably going to delve into a little bit more about the MLS next, which will be something that you guys will uh, for us and FC we'll be getting into next year. Um, right. I think I'm going to try to see if I can talk to, uh, you know, some, uh, I, I know the play-by-play guy uh, with Real Monarchs. I'm probably going to see if I can talk with one of the Rochester uh, fans. And then, you know, I know several of the St. Louis fans, uh, St. Louis city fans, um, you know, on one of the shows that I do outside of kicking the grass um, might see it at some point to, to see about kind of having a discussion on MLS next, because, that is that is an interesting um, thing here. And maybe next episode we'll kind of go into it a little bit more because we're already at about an hour here, a little bit over an hour uh, for that here. But that might be something that we discuss next week, you know, before we get into heavy, heavy games for both USL and MLS uh, is the MLS or maybe when, when they kick off here um, is to kind of talk about MLS next because that is something that Austin FC uh, will be implementing next year is my understanding. Um, and with it being MLS, there's some uh, quirky rules with it. Um, (laughs) at this, at this point, the games to be able to watch them are on, uh, the MLS next website. They finally came out with the, um, schedule this week that was supposed to be out by the end of January. Um, but they came out with it the end of February, uh, for that here. Um, but not a lot of news uh, on it here. Um, when you've looked at kind of some of the stadiums that I've seen on it, it I think for us in FC, it'll, it'll be at the, the training center. You know, was it uh, St. Edwards, I believe is what it's called? Uh, St. Uh, David's Performance Center. St. David's it, Performance it, Center. It's a really, really nice facility. They've done a great job with that facility. Yeah, so that that's going to be a great place to see. Matches. So like I said, I do think that that's where, where Austin FC will play here, uh, play there next year. Um, but it's just still north, s- though. It's North Austin. It's it's Pflugerville. They don't say it's Pflugerville, but it's really Pflugerville. <laughs> Well, Austin Bold said they were they were in Austin as well, so you know, give and take. Uh, well, they technically that. are because the city um, actually but co-opted the um, Coda, Circuit of right. the Americas territory. They annexed it for uh, property taxes. So but yeah, it is actually Austin. When anybody that's really been out there knows it's not really Austin. So. Um, but I, I do think that uh, MLS Next Pro. Um, I'm going to dwell into that probably a little bit more just to get a little bit more understanding because there are some 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 funky rules and um, some rules where player movement um, could be something to where maybe you could stash a 
a player down there um, and then, you know, loan and bring them up. There is some quirkiness when it comes to roster uh, movements along those lines with the MLS too, because the interesting thing is even though it's an owned by MLS, MLS next contracts are specifically tied as a completely separate league. Also this week out, they came out with, um, there may not be ties. It may go when the 90 minutes is over, it may go straight to PKs. Uh, hmm. for that here so there'll be no ties uh it's not going back to the mls old school rules where you know you, you had the 35 yard um yeah shootout shootout type thing this yeah. will go directly to pks and and they're going to do kind of like the hockey where you get an extra point um, along those lines is my understanding um you have to have your shirt cut tucked in is what's being reported which <laughs> i don't understand but you know but uh, David, uh, that was kind of my final thought. Yeah, I know you kind of teased that we're going to have a guest next week. Um, at some point, I do want to kind you know, you know, I'm going to delve into a little bit more on the MLS next side here because I do like the lower leagues and, and st- stuff on that. So absolutely. Uh, and with Austin FC, they you know it's been announced that they will have a team next year uh, in that here uh, for that here. Open Cup's going to be kicking off. Uh, you know, like I said, I know San Antonio FC knows their. Uh, possible opponents and dates. So, you know, we'll be able to discuss that a little bit more as we get closer to that and then um, possibly see who gets uh, maybe a San Antonio FC, Austin FC match uh, in Open Cup. That would be, uh, that would that be, would be entertaining great. for everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. There will be no pithy banter before that game. <laughs> I want to see that game, but I'm also fearful of... Oh, well, I guess I shouldn't say fearful, <laughs> but... I know there will be, when it comes to social media, when it comes to game day, um, there will be some heavy banter that will be going on between the two. And there, there is a segment of both fan bases that is still very, very sensitive about a lot when it comes to there the Austin. people that still have me blocked <laughs> over, <laughs> over what I, you know, and, and like I said here, you know, a lot of it's, under the water and under the bridge and, and through there, but there are steel people in Austin FC that, that have, you know, have me blocked because of comments and things that I said about Austin FC or MLS to Austin at the time. And, but, uh, you know, that's, that's old news. And, and like I said here, I think as a soccer community, 90, probably 90% of us, you know, have accepted each other. Sure. Um, will I say I'm an Austin FC fan? No, but you know, do I? Obviously, I watch them. I'm doing the show with you, so um, you know, like I said here, I go probably a little bit further than most of the San Antonio FC fans. I do know that that um, there are San Antonio, there is Austin FC fans down here in mm-hmm. San Antonio. I do know that uh, Austin FC has uh, agreements with academy clubs here in San Antonio. But uh, your final thought, David, like I said here, uh, you know, uh, it's a pleasure talking to you again here. And uh, like I said here, uh, we got to get our, I think you said there's going to be a a guest next week. Did you want to announce the guest at this time or or wait a little bit longer? No, I want to make that a surprise. I'll announce it prior to the broadcast, but I'll I'll keep it under wraps for now. There will be some pithy banter about um, Austin FC. I think we have different perspectives on the team in a lot of ways and so we wanted to get this out on on a conversation that could be a little bit better than just back and forth social media 
but that's what social media is for. But no, <laughs> uh, you can't do anything serious on social media. But for my final thought, um, I also just wanted to say kudos to FIFA because I can't remember the last time I ever did that. But I want to say kudos to FIFA and UEFA on suspension of Russia and all Russian teams from all international competitions. Mm -hmm. There are some things that are bigger than the sport. And I think that was one of them. And that was the right decision. And they haven't always made the right decision, especially when it comes to Russia. Um, can anyone say world cup, but I uh, do applaud them for making that decision. That was the right call. So that's going to wrap up my final thought for the day. And I just appreciate you being on here and everybody who's listening to us. And we will um, circle back around. Thank you very much, Harry. And I'll let you sign us off. Uh, you can follow me at Ram and Call, R-A-M-I-N-C-O-L. No matter if you're supporting Austin FC, supporting uh, Central Texas Hornets, uh, you know, or the Central Texas uh, Lobos, you know, or there's a couple other uh, lower, lower league uh, teams, men and women. Um, just go out and support them. Uh, like I said here, especially the lower leagues, you know, buying a ticket to a game uh, goes a lot, you know, obviously much further than going to, uh, you know, you know, buying a game ticket to Austin FC. Uh, so if you get a chance once, once or twice a year, if you can support, you know, the Lobos, uh, please do, like I said here, uh, you know, for the lower leagues, that's my passion. Uh, please, you know, please help support, uh, you know, that season's going to be kicking off probably into May-ish timeframe, typically May, June-ish is when they kick off. Uh, so hopefully you'll have a couple of Saturdays free where, um, you can go out and, and support your local clubs, uh, either in Austin or San Antonio. But thank you for turning, 